through 38, and I'm reading from the NRSV translation. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and is in the sixth month, for her, who was also set, uh, for, sorry, in, the si in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is a story some of us have heard for a long time. Probably some of us can even recite the words. I remember having to memorize parts of the passage when I acted out nativity plays as a child. Yet no matter how many times I hear this story, I'm struck by how little we know about Mary at this point. How many pictures have we seen where Mary who's portrayed to be roughly 25, which is incredibly inaccurate, <laughs> always wearing a long blue dress, <laughs> is kneeling on the floor with a beautiful light in a completely dark room. <laughs> Yet the reality is this probably took a huge artistic license. My favorite part of the majority of the art is that Mary seems to be in a room completely uninterrupted by the angels. There's nothing in her hands. There is nothing that has been dropped on the floor, nothing at all around her. It would appear that Mary was sitting in a dark room waiting for angels to appear. <laughs> now, I don't know about all of you, and I don't like to make assumptions. But I don't spend a lot of time sitting in dark rooms waiting for angels to appear. <laughs> the DVD series that we're discussing in Advent Life Communities focuses on artwork by John August Swanson. 
This is the picture that we looked at this week. In this picture, Mary is doing something very ordinary. She's feeding the chickens. Mary probably was doing something incredibly ordinary. She could be feeding chickens or cutting up vegetables for dinner. She could have worked all day outside and be glistening with sweat or covered in dirt. She could have been singing some goofy song about her upcoming wedding or counting down the hours for a terrible day to end so she can just go back to bed. The point is, she was doing something. So let's assume she was feeding chickens. Here she is, a roughly 13-year-old girl, doing a daily chore just like any other day. And then bam, an angel appears. The NRSV Bible, which I read from today, describes Mary as perplexed. Perplexed? Really? <laughs> I consider myself a fairly faithful person, but I can say that if an angel appeared to me, perplexed would not be the word I would use. I might use total freakout. <laughs> I'd be alternating between fearing that I had done something to make God mad or that I was actually mad myself. <laughs> the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. So here she is, spilling the chicken feed all over the ground, trying to breathe normally, probably giving herself some soothing self-talk. All right. I'm seeing an angel. <laughs> She's recovering from that. Meanwhile, the chicken feed is still spilling all over the ground, and the chickens think they've hit the jackpot. <laughs> They're probably completely unaware of the angels, because anybody who's ever met a chicken knows that they are dumb. <laughs> then what does the angel tell her? Oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby and God's going to be the dad. As if being a first-time parent isn't hard enough. Now, if this had been me, my mind would have been going a mile a minute. I would have had a hundred thousand questions. Mary's engaged. What will Joseph say? This is a time where he could have had her killed for being pregnant if he didn't believe her story. Her life was in danger. Her relationship was in danger. And she had the risk of losing family and friends if they believed she was lying or severely mentally ill. Yet Mary asks only one question. How can this be since I am a virgin? All those dangers are in front of her. All those risks, all the potential dangers. And Mary's question is about logistics. <laughs> She's ready for her task. Just looking for the instructions on how to continue forward. And after a brief explanation, 
Gabriel says to her, she says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. So what causes an ordinary girl with mind-blowing, extraordinary news to smile and say, absolutely, <laughs> as if it were no huge request, just shrug off her fears, shrug off the questions, and be open to the road ahead. Was it faith? Was it love of God? I would argue that it was Mary's openness to mystery. Mary didn't have to know all of the answers. It was not important. She didn't need an explanation from the angels or from God. She didn't expect it. She could live in that space of unknowns and just be. She had space in her life for the mystery of it all. We, however, are a Google culture. It's great to have so many answers at our fingertips. I can figure out answers to almost anything within minutes. And not just when I'm at home in front of my desktop. I have an iPhone, so I can do this anywhere, anytime. And this extends beyond Google. I have a GPS. It'll tell me exactly where I am, where I need to be, and a multitude of routes to get there. I have a weather application on my phone. It'll tell me what the weather is now through 10 days from now. I don't have to get out of bed to find out if it's raining. <laughs> Matt, my fiance, has an application on his phone where he can scan barcodes and it will give us the price for that product at all of the stores in the area. <laughs> I don't have to find out or worry if the pickles are cheaper at Hannaford. <laughs> I just know instantly. We are a culture of questions, but we are programmed to expect that all questions lead to answers. And not only that they lead to them, but they lead to them immediately. It's not enough to know that there is a reason or an answer, but we need it presented to us before we can move forward. And this approach to life, this philosophy, has leaked into everything, including our faith. Now some of you know that during the week I work with little children. I work with special needs children in foster care. So I teach them the skills they need. I teach the foster families the skills they need to help better work with these children and the birth family skills so that they can be reunified. If there is one thing that I have learned about working with children, it is that they are great at asking questions. <laughs> In my role, I'm supposed to be helping nurture and encourage these children with a variety of skills, which leaves me open to a billion questions about a billion different things. 
And you know what I discovered? I had no idea how much I didn't know until I started this job. <laughs> Why are clouds sometimes shaped like bunny rabbits? <laughs> what does E-I-E-I-O mean? <laughs> Why can we eat donuts for breakfast, but cookies are completely unacceptable? <laughs> How do apple trees know exactly which kind of apple to grow? <laughs> and who was the first person to discover we could cook popcorn? <laughs> and the list goes on and on and on. I can't explain why so many things happen. I don't understand exactly how my body can get up and ready in the morning when my brain hasn't turned on yet. <laughs> I don't understand why puppy kisses always make me smile. And I have no idea how we take a picture and put it in a fax machine and it goes through a wire and comes out as a picture on the other end. <laughs> and yet every day, I still get up in the morning, I still smile when my puppy kisses me. And I still fax things all over the state, even if I have no idea how it all works. Perhaps we need to look at our faith a little more like this. We don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to piece every piece together. We don't even really have to know if there are answers. Instead, we can choose to be like Mary ready to move closer to what God wants for us, even if we don't fully understand. We too can make space for mystery. Instead of letting our questions get in the way, we can let our unknowing draw us closer. Instead of being hesitant until our minds are at ease completely, we can simply follow Mary's example and say, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Or in other words, here I am, God. And even if I'm afraid, and I don't know all the answers, I have made space for the mystery, and I will continue to follow you. Amen. Amen. Amen.